0: Welcome to the Hella Homes Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hella Homes Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate every single listen. Uh, We are going to try to increase the frequency over here. I know that it's been a long time between episodes, but honestly, I'd rather put out good quality podcasts than just put out a ton of filler and things that, you know, aren't necessarily to the benefit of our audience. Uh, We do hope to have some business leaders some business owners, more community related content very, very soon. Uh, Scheduling is always difficult on that front. You know, everybody has their lives. We're all busy. But hopefully very, very soon we'll have some episodes regarding the community and great businesses and business owners out there for you. And make sure to go follow us on our social media channel. Uh, that is at hella pod, all one word on TikTok and Instagram, where you get updates on where you'll get some easily digestible clips, as well as information about future guests and future topics. Uh, You can also follow me directly at realtor underscore J. That's at realtor underscore J-A-Y on both TikTok and Instagram. Today, we're once again joined by Anthony Booker of LaSalle Mortgage to discuss kind of a wide-ranging amount of topics. Uh, We're talking about the market in general, where rates are, where we see them going, uh, the benefits of buying or selling right now, and also the pitfalls of buying or selling right now. Uh, We just want to get as much information in your guys' hands so that you can make the best decision possible for you and your family. So without further ado, here is my interview with Anthony Booker of LaSalle Mortgage. Thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, let's welcome back Anthony Booker with LaSalle Mortgage here for an update on the lending market out there. Anthony, welcome back. Nice to see you again.
1: What's going on, man? It's good to be back. Thank you for having me.
0: All right uh let's uh let's just get a little update on uh what you're seeing out there in the lending market
1: yeah so on my end of the uh of the market um we're starting to see the fed start to slow down the rate hikes um so last week they met they decided not to increase rates a quarter of a point which is what everybody was kind of talking about and thinking was going to happen um starting to see inflation cooling down a bit those inflation numbers are coming in so we're starting to see that come down as we want to slowly but surely and we're going to start to see an impact as far as rates go, with those inflation numbers being lower as well. Um, right. But I think the Fed are they're doing it strategically so that they lower rates slowly over time, so that way a swarm of people don't just jump into the market how, like how it happened in previous years. They kind of want to be more cautious about it, make sure that you know things slowly develop over time. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot going on, honestly, as far as um, inventory goes. Um, As far as demand goes in the market, we should start seeing a lot more people hop in due to the lower rates. Um, That usually tends to get demand back up. So um, there's going to be a lot going on here shortly, man. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I I am too. Um, One one of the bigger things that we should expect to see, uh, in my opinion is not just that buyers are going to be jumping back into the market with these lower rates, but that sellers are actually going to be uh, selling and increasing that inventory that we're so low on right now. Um, And that'll be because the rates will hopefully get down into that, you know, five to five and a half percent range uh, where it'll be bearable to give up their, you know, three and a half, four and a half percent mortgages Mm -hmm. in order to upgrade or or downsize uh, as they need. Uh, that's been a huge uh, barrier to what's been uh, to selling currently uh, is that they they almost can't afford to. So if we see those rates come down, we'll see that increase in inventory as well.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, as of right now, we're like in the mid sixes, low to mid sixes, mm-hmm. depending on which program you're using. You know, if you're an FHA, you're looking at about like six to six and a quarter conventionally, anywhere from like six and a half to six point seven five. Um, Of course, depending on what your FICO score looks like and other things. But um, I think, you know, by the end of the summer, we'll probably be in that high five, low six range, hopefully, if all goes as planned. Um, Like I said, the Fed is really pumping the brakes on those hikes. At least that's what the sentiment is right now. So that's showing a a, a sign of good faith, basically. Um, So I'm curious. Walk me through what you would kind of tell a seller like that's maybe on the fence as they're seeing these rates coming down, they have settled into like three and a half percent rate where they're currently at. What do you think you know goes into their mind as far as making the decision as far as should I sell now and and get back in while the getting is good, or what do you think is in is going on in their mind
0: yeah I, the the biggest thing right now with sellers is obviously that affordability. Um, can I afford to sell my house and buy that bigger house that I want? Or is it worth it for me to downsize into a mortgage that's going to be essentially the same as it is right now? I won't be saving any money uh, necessarily. So as the rates start to start to come down a little bit, that'll ease those fears. Um, but the biggest conversation I have with them is do you absolutely need to sell? right now is it is it more important to you um to upgrade into a, a nicer home or a larger home maybe your family's getting a little bit larger and you need the extra space and you just can't live right. without it or is your house unmanageably large or maybe getting up there in age and you can't take care of uh, your two-story house anymore and you really need to move uh into a smaller house because as we know uh you know past this prologue the Rates will come down eventually, no mm-hmm. matter what. And buying now can actually put you into a pretty good position later on uh, when rates do come de- back down into those, you know, four and a half, five 5% range as they're bound to do. It may be several years, maybe half a decade before that actually happens. But if you can afford to do it now, you're putting yourself in a pretty good position in the future because either if you're upgrading, you'll be building equity because when rates come down, prices go up. Um, And you'll be able to borrow from that equity to do other things uh, in the future. Or if you're downsizing and you can afford to do that, when rates do come down, you'll be able to refinance and get an even better payment and live, you know, even better in retirement. So if it's affordable and it's something that you need to do, then by all means, we should definitely look into it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And another thing just to kind of piggyback off of that is, if you can afford to get in the market right now you potentially have a chance at getting that home at a discount compared to what you would be getting it once those rates come down because like you said once the rates come down property value is typically going to go up and also once rates come down there's going to be a boatload of competition for you to go head up against um, so you kind of save yourself on that end as well plus now that you've got yourself into the property your values went up over the past few years or months whatever the case may be you refinance into that lower rate and now you're in a, a really good position as opposed to having to go out and compete against everybody and potentially put way way above what the home is actually valued at
0: yeah 100 percent. and that that's been the biggest uh thing right now with with buyers is that competition's Pretty low, uh, even though inventory is is still really stagnant and lower than it's been in, in quite some time uh, because of all the things that we mentioned. Competition is still, you know, relatively low. You're not seeing those, you know, fifteen, twenty bids on a house uh, that you might find Um, you also typically don't have to go too far above asking price if you do have to at all Um, and you definitely don't have to go above that appraisal price and come out of pocket with all this extra cash Uh, what we saw the last couple of years with the extremely low rates and extremely high competition was a lot of the FHA buyers out there especially first and first time home buyers that don't have a ton of cash we pretty much just had to tell them to pump the brakes and, and and sit this one out because they were just never going to be able to afford to compete with all the people that were selling their homes and bringing a lot of equity, a lot of cash to the table. Um, so the market right now, even though interest rates aren't great, competition wise, it's fantastic because mm-hmm. there's very little and coming out of pocket wise is very little also you're pretty much going to come in with your down payment and closing costs and that's all you're going to need aside from a few thousand dollars for you know uh, appraisal and inspections things like that but it isn't this crazy you need to have eighty thousand dollars on top of your regular down payment to to compete in this market
1: right 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 exactly and that's kind of the message that i've been sending to a lot of my people as well is that if you're a first-time home buyer. You know, I hate to try to be the one to rush you into anything, but right yeah. now it's probably going to be the best opportunity you can get. Um, yeah. Because, again, once the rates do come down, it's going to be a bloodbath. And, yeah, yeah they're going to have to be going up against people that are going 20 to 50K above asking, Um, and it's just going to be rough. <laughs> and who knows when yeah. the next opportunity is going to come back around, you yeah. know? So, exactly. and I mean, a lot of these people are also – positions where they might need like a closing cost credit or something like that i mean that's something that in a few months time sellers are going to look at and kind of just be like okay next you know
0: yeah hundred that's that's a fantastic point because uh that is out there again uh like i said in in 2021 even you know the first half of 22 they're was almost no way to get a seller to commit to giving you any cash for for closing costs it was just unheard of because there were too many bids and too many people had too much money uh, and that was because rates were so low so every market comes with its pluses and minuses it's great when rates are low uh, because your payment could potentially be much much lower but that doesn't create a, a buyer's market having low interest rates. It creates a seller's market because there's so much more competition. You get more bang for your buck, but that means you have to increase your buck. You have to yes. you have to come in with so much more cash. You have to come in with a much higher offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of the opposite of what people think. Higher interest rates actually create a buyer's market because there's less competition. You can ask for more. You can send in an offer right now asking for 3% back you might not get it but you can start there and you'll at least get a a response
1: right and maybe have a chance to get countered or something like that exactly exactly
0: you know the last couple of years if you asked for five hundred dollars they'd they'd you know just crumple it up and throw it out they weren't even (laughs) they weren't even bothering to answer those
1: right right exactly and and with us kind of changing gears and going headfirst into this seller's market what it, it's typically like pay to play, right? You got to come with the cash in order to stand out and, and secure 100%. the deal. Yeah. For The next, you know, two to three months, maybe six months, there might be some wiggle room to negotiate a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do you think though, for buyers are a few things that they can make their offer stand out amongst the competition other than, you know, bringing a high amount of cash to close to the deal or, or high offer rather to the, to the table, to the sellers. Um, you know, what are some things that buyers can do to get creative and maybe make their offer a little bit more appealing coming from the listing agent side? I mean, you have experience with that. What are some things that, uh, that typically, you know, are, are more appealing to the sellers other than who can offer the highest bid?
0: Yeah, honestly, the, the best thing right now, because things are in flux and because people over the last, you know, year, year and a half have been so used to things, uh, falling apart because rates are in so much flux and changing so often, the very best thing you can possibly do to stand out is be as far into the pre-approval process as humanly possible. Be desk underwritten, be able to close in, you know, 14 or 21 days is fantastic. Have a realtor that already has, you know, your inspectors lined up and everything. So you can reduce those, uh, those contingency times and close as fast as possible because the faster you can close, the less time there is for things to go wrong. And everybody, you know, every seller out there has these horror stories of, Hey, you know, I I was in contract. It kept having to be extended. It finally fell apart. And by that time it was 35 days later. And suddenly my house has, you know, a $25,000 hit. Now I can't even afford to sell anymore. I have to, I have to sit and wait this out. So the faster you can close, uh, the more quickly you can get rid of those contingencies, the the better. And that starts with getting a uh, a lender that's going to get you way down the pre-approval process. Make sure that all your documents are in order so that you can close quickly.
1: I agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I mean, especially in a time like this, this is the time where you want to be diligent. Do your homework up front. Get all your conditions satisfied. Turn the file into underwriting as a TBD, which means they review it before it even hits escrow or even gets an offer accepted they let you know everything that you're going to be needing throughout the process i really love when buyers come in with a mindset of being proactive and getting all that stuff knocked out because what that does is like you said it allows us to you know write the deal to where we can come in with a 14-day close or a 21-day close sometimes we can even do it in 10 depending on you know what the profile looks like of the buyer and that always like you said that makes the seller feel safe and secure you know what i'm saying plus Mm -hmm. if you Maybe put like a cherry on top and wave a contingency in there or two. You know, I think that is something that can make a huge difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of getting that that closing date as close as humanly possible to uh, to the offer date, as far as FHA goes, because I know a lot of our first-time home buyers out there are going to be going FHA, maybe they're even going to be looking at some kind of down payment assistance. Mm-hmm. It used to be kind of rule of thumb that FHA, we just plan on, you know, 40 to 45 days. How's that looking on your guys' end now?
1: I mean, honestly, the FHAs are pretty dialed in. Um, all the appraisals that I've been doing recently have been getting done within a week. And that's okay. usually one of the barriers with doing a, a quick close with them is getting the appraisal done. Cause depending on where you're at geographically, it can impact, you know, the speed of the appraisal. But right. I think if you're within a 50 mile radius of an urban area, they're more than likely going to get done pretty fast. Um, I've, the last two FHA deals I did, we wrapped up in 21 days. Um, oh, so they've been pretty awesome. fast. Yeah. They, they've been pretty fast, honestly, man. Um, and of course, I don't know, I just a little tidbit to throw in there, but the FHA actually reduced their mortgage insurance not too long ago, um, where buyers are saving like on average at least like 50 to 70 on, on mortgage insurance, which is a huge help too. Um, so I think FHA, honestly, are, they, they anticipated this. I think they know that there's a lot of first-time home buyers that are going to be using FHA loan programs to get in the door. Um, so they're trying to make it a little bit easier, but yeah, no. All in all, I mean, FHA loans are really something that I really like, just because you can get that reduced MI, you can get a reduced, you know, interest rate. They're not going to kill you if your credit is not, you know, the best. I, I really like those programs because they make it easier for uh, first-time buyers to achieve homeownership. You know.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You like you said, you you can come in with less down mi is not killing you like it was uh you know all these years past you do get a better interest rate on average um it's it's a it's a great program and and especially for first-time homebuyers that don't have a ton of cash to start with getting your foot in the door is is super important and you, you're always going to be able to upgrade later on and that kind of goes back to the idea that even though interest rates are you know particularly high right now it isn't a bad time to be a first time home buyer because you're gonna be able to have that less competition to get into that house. And in a few years, five to 10 years, when you're ready to upgrade and sell, you're more than likely gonna be in a better situation than you are now. Your, your house is gonna be worth more money. Your interest rate could possibly be lower. You know, Halfway through, you wanna make some upgrades to the house you'll be able to refinance pull a little bit of cash out and keep your um keep your payment about the same if interest rates go the way that we think they are
1: absolutely yeah absolutely and i think that should kind of be the mindset for a lot of first-time home buyers is that it's likely, you know have that mindset that it's likely not going to be your forever home you know mm-hmm. the average time that first-time home buyers occupy a house is like five to seven years sometimes exactly. less so i yeah. mean and who knows i think that um equity appreciation is going to see a pretty big jump in the next year or so so like you said that's definitely going to create some opportunities where you can get in get your home occupy it for a year or so refinance it you'll probably have you know a good amount of equity appreciation within that time and now you've set yourself up to where you have like a safety net basically for for lack of better words so you know i think that a lot of First-time home buyers kind of try to time the market and say, when is the best time for me? When can I get the best deal? I think if you kind of adjust that approach just a little bit and say, you know, what can I afford? What is my threshold? What am I willing to stretch for if I run into the opportunity where I have a home that I really love and I'm willing to go that extra mile for it? What does that look like? And then once you set those parameters and you go out there, do the house hunting piece and start to create some opportunities to see, you know, where the pieces land and what you can do, That's a much better approach than kind of trying to time the market and try to jump in when the rates might be lowest. But also there's millions of other buyers that are trying to do the same thing as you.
0: Yeah. And honestly, a conversation that I'm having a lot right now is even though you may be trying to time the market and, you know, you don't think that right now today is the time to, to jump in with both feet. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be talking to a realtor and talking to a lender to start developing your plan and start taking a look at neighborhoods and houses and things like that, because those periods of time where rates are low and or rates low, you know, what I'm talking about, (laughs) maybe not, maybe not as low as they were, but when rates uh, start coming down, but housing prices haven't caught up is a very very short period of time we're talking at the most you know 30 days 40 on the very outside before things start to catch up so you want to be prepared you want to be you want to have all your documentation in with your lender you want to have that pre-approval and just keep updating it as you go so that when that opportunity does come you can strike without having any any roadblocks in the way
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be huge. And just a time where it's starting to pick back up, like you said, it's not too competitive right now. But having all your pieces in line, having all your ducks in a row before you even make that offer can be a huge game changer. And I'm seeing that with a lot of my clients right now. So um, it's it's funny, too, because a lot of times first time homebuyers that don't really kind of know how it works and they talk to like the big banks um, and get an approval you know, the big banks are just looking at an application and they're not really collecting any documentation and just give them the approval. Yeah, um, yeah your the, Rocket
0: Mortgage right? one pager.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just it's worth the napkin that they rid it on. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, that what that does is a lot of first time home buyers, they don't know the amount of documentation that actually goes into getting a mortgage loan approval. So then when they have a lender that wants to do everything up front, A lot of the times it can be overwhelming, like, hey, you know, Bank of America didn't ask me for all this documentation. How come you're asking me for this? It's like, well, you know, Bank of America is probably not going to be able to close your loan in 17 to 21 days. Yeah. Um, Also, they're working with so many people on a daily basis that they're just passing the loans through a conveyor belt, so to speak, and just trying to pump out as many approval letters as possible and not actually doing the due diligence to set you up for success when you get into escrow um so and, and,
0: they're, and they're going to ask you for all that documentation all that documentation is required at some point they didn't ask for you up front because like you said they're just they're pumping out these pre-approvals that are just based on whatever you said they are but they have to go back and verify all that and if as a as somebody who represents sellers um if i see a rocket mortgage or a bank of america you know a pre-approval letter my very first, the very first thing I'm doing is calling Bank of America or Rocket Mortgage and saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, how far down on the road are these guys?" Oh, well, they filled out the online application. We threw them this. Okay, <laughs> so we're talking. You know, so I got a, I got a buffer in another week or two for you guys to, to get all the documents in, and it just doesn't come across as a solid offer because we don't even know if you're actually qualified.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that actually kind of dovetails into something else that I want us to talk about with you is that when buyers are making these offers, can you kind of speak a little bit to how having your real estate professional that has kind of like that local expertise and local kind of name built up for themselves. They they have a presence in the market that you're trying to get an offer accepted on. They know the agents, you know, they have a reputation there. They know that when they get that offer and see that agent's name or that lender's name, they know, hey, this person means business. I know their name. Um, They're in the market. They mean business. You know, how much does that Hold weight when you're working with sellers and, and deciding on which offer to accept,
0: uh, you know It can hold a decent amount of weight out here. We do get a lot of Bay Area agents making offers There's been a lot of relocations lately things like that and you can always tell when somebody has Worked in this area before because things are are kind of different from from area to area some things that that fly in the Bay Area Don't fly out here and vice versa. So it it can always be helpful to have an agent that knows the area that's worked here before that that knows how to write an offer correctly based on the norms out here uh, that's working with a local lender rather than somebody out, you know. 70 80 miles away that you know if we got to have an in person conversation or, or something of that nature it's going to be much more difficult or if we need a document do we have to you know shell out $300 for courier to, to get back and forth so. Honestly, it it isn't the be-all, end-all of an offer to have somebody that's local. But if you have two competing offers that are really similar in nature and we happen to know and or like the other agent and we've worked with them before and we know that they're, you know, that they close versus somebody that we've never worked with before, you know, that that definitely factors in the equation. At the end of the day, it's always the seller's decision. But when we're offering our advice to the seller saying, uh, you know, they're asking us, which which one of these would you take they're just about the same you know they all the contingencies are the same the money's the same which one should we go with we're always going to kind of you know lean towards in the direction of the one that we feel is co- most likely to
1: close right yeah definitely understood that and then i mean really the the main reason that i kind of wanted to bring that up too is just to kind of let the the first time buyers out there know there's going to be a lot of variables that go into you know whether your offer gets accepted so it's yeah. really, It really is the time to do like what we're saying and really do your homework, be diligent and make sure that when you're sending offers out there, you know for a fact you already have the approval, you have all the documentation in line, you have the reputation behind you. You know, it, you really want to have everything dialed in right now. It's not the time to play around. It's not the time where you can just throw something up against the wall and hope it sticks. Like you really have to be, you know, about it. You have to have yeah. everything in order when you're going into a market like this because it's going to be crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The more proactive you are, the better chance of success, you know, you're going right. to have it. It isn't just a matter always of how much money you can put on the table. Um, you know, I've, I've had plenty of offers that were cash or tons of cash that were just made by flaky people. And you ask around and hey, yeah, they, these folks throw, you know, throw money around and throw offers around, but they rarely ever close. They're always looking for a way out. So Um, yeah, definitely having your ducks in a row as, as much as possible. And then number two, that probably the biggest factor for me, uh, when I'm representing sellers and why I tell all my buyers to have a good lender is the conversations I end up having more often than not relate back to the lending side of things. It's, Mm -hmm. it's great to have a good realtor that, that is communicative, but it's super important to have a lender that gets back to people that that has an open line of communication that doesn't disappear for days on end because that just makes everybody nervous and um if if i have an offer sitting on on my desk and i'm about to hand it to the uh, to the seller to to review i'm talking to the lender first and if i can't get a hold of them that offer goes to the bottom of the uh, of the pile and uh you know it doesn't get looked at until i speak directly to the lender
1: Right. Yeah. Now that that just goes to show how important that part is without the lender. I mean, you got to make sure that everybody's going to get their money at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. You got to make sure that the deal is going to go through and that the financial piece is going to actually stay intact throughout the escrow process. Yep. So, yeah, that just goes to show how important it is to to really have a lender that knows what they're doing and knows what type of market they're operating in. And then also if they have some local expertise, too, that's a huge help. hundred uh, percent. So like uh, a little caveat to like our conversation too, in in looking at the inflation reports and everything that um, is being released by, I follow MBS highway um, and just kind of stay up to date with the statistics there. Um, but one thing that we're noticing is that, you know, throughout the last year or so, there's been a lot of consumer spending. Um, yeah. Part of that is just because of little stuff like uh, student debts being on POS, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, that with With student loans coming out of forbearance, that frees up. I think it was some crazy number, like five billion dollars a month that would usually be allocated toward making those student loan payments, which means yes. consumers have been out in the market spending that money on stuff, you know, like cars, going on Amazon and going crazy, target shopping sprees, and all that stuff. You know, there's going to be a lot less of that going on. Um, with where we're going with these lower inflation numbers people are borrowing money less often which is why we're seeing those rates come down in the first place is just because you know the cost of money is is starting to go down based off of how many people are actually borrowing money Um, and one thing that that kind of puts on home buyers radar is there's actually an opportunity to kind of consolidate your debts a little bit so when these rates do come down into that like 5% 5% range, let's just say you bought in the last the last year or so and you're locked in at like 6.5, mm-hmm. um, you might have an opportunity to do what's called a cash out refinance where you can take a bunch of your consumer debt, let's say you want to pay off your car or a few credit cards that you have that have just been racking up a bunch of debt. You can actually do that by way of a refinance. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what you do is you take all those debts, you take the equity that you plan to take out. Um, by way of the cash out refinance and just pay those debts off by way of the cash out refi. Um, Sometimes it might look as though like your monthly payment has increased. But when you take a look at the total overall numbers and you compare, okay, this is what my mortgage was and this is what I was spending on all of my total monthly debts, a lot of the times that mortgage payment might be a little bit higher, but where you're saving is those total monthly debts have been paid off. So now, even though your monthly mortgage may be $100 more, You're not spending that six, seven, eight hundred dollars that you have to spend on car payment, credit cards and the like. Right. Right. Um, So that's just something that I kind of want to put on people's radar, too, is, you know, if you're in a situation where you have some debts and maybe want to consolidate, you have some equity in your home. Consider doing a cash out refinance. Um, I've seen a lot of people save a lot of money doing that um and it's just something that i think can be a great tool for people especially first time buyers that may not be aware that these type of options exist talk mm-hmm. to a lender about that cuz that can really start to open up some opportunities for you
0: yeah absolutely a cash out refi to for debt consolidation it works on two levels right you you a get to spread those payments over the over the 30 year life of the loan or however it may be cuz you can you know, you can maintain uh, whatever you paid off and have a 25, 26, 27 year loan, however, that however you want to work that. But two, you're actually paying it off. Uh, a, a lot of people think about their credit card payments specifically as, in terms of minimum payments, which almost do nothing as far as paying down the principal. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you might be making that seven, six, seven hundred dollars a month in minimum payments that's not actually paying any of that money off um and because you're you know with with the prime rate where it is right now you're probably at like a 24 percent interest rate on on your capital one card over there right. so you can bring that down to a six and a half percent uh apr and you're actually going to pay it off um, right just don't go right back to spending on those credit cards <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. That.
1: Please. Yeah. But I, I, again, I just think that's a huge area of opportunity that's going to be coming back out for some people. Um, so, you know, just want to put that on people's radar again, because that can be a game changer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that hundred percent goes back to the idea that it's, that it isn't a bad time to buy. It's mm-hmm. a less affordable time to buy. That's what we have to think of it as you may not be able to afford as much house as you could have a couple of years ago, but it doesn't make it a a bad time to buy you're actually going to be set up for the future better the folks that purchased at those two and three percent interest rates years ago they're stuck there and for a lot of them it was their forever home that's fantastic they're going to be solid for the next 30 years making those smaller payments but for a lot of folks that got into the market and bought that 1500 square foot you know three bedroom two bath or two bedroom one bath Uh, that were thinking this is my stepping stone to my next house they're stuck there because their interest rate was so low they maxed out the amount of money they could take and they cannot sell and and move up until these interest rates come down quite a bit right Um, they're just kind of we call them you know they're zombie owners right now they're they're just Mm -hmm. they're stuck where they are they're not going to be selling they're not going to be buying Um, Whereas if you buy right now you buy what you can afford again we want to make sure affordability is number one we don't ever want to put you in a bad situation, but if you buy now. And once those interest rates do start to drop and your home starts to appreciate the way that it's supposed to, you're gonna be in a better situation to buy your next house or to do a cash out refi or to do some debt consolidation or to do a cash out refi to remodel the house. You have a lot more options buying now than the folks that bought a couple of years ago with these super low interest rates. They're just kind of stuck with where they're at. And if they're happy, they're happy. That's fantastic. But if they do wanna move up or downsize or do anything like that, they're in a worse situation than 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 they would like to be.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I I think that's the one piece when timing the market does kind of play a role is just that you don't want to buy at the height of the market, even yeah. though the affordability may be a little bit better month to month because that interest rate you got to take into account. You know how much room do I have for as far as appreciation goes? If you yeah. buy at the height of the market, you're waiting a while before you have the opportunity Long to. Hunting yeah, to refi or sell and actually make some money off of it. So uh, again, I think that if you're able to make it work right now, or maybe even you're willing to sacrifice and and tighten your belt a little bit for the next six months to a year to get in, get the home, make the payments, build the equity, I think that is a a very good stepping stone because you're going to come out of it on the other side with options. Whereas if you buy at that height, like we, like we said you're you're kind of a zombie you're stuck in limbo for a while because you have to wait for the economy to do its thing for the real estate market to do its thing and you know you just don't have as much freedom and and you don't really have that safety net there in a sense
0: uh yeah 100% not i i know i had several buyers that- that bought in uh, 2020 and early 2021, when rates were incredibly low, they spent a lot of money, they really wanted to buy then and take advantage of those rates. They had to come out of pocket quite a bit of money. And honestly, right now they're upside down. Uh, their house is worth less than they bought it for and they put a ton of cash um, on top of that. So they can't they can't even pay off their mortgage with what they could sell it for. And they put in another $50,000, $60,000 in cash that they're just almost, you know, you just got to call to wash. They're gonna have to sit around for, you know, a decade before they can even think about making that money back.
1: Right, right, and that's that's a tough place to be. Yeah, it's
0: that's not the right. best. It, it, it's great. I, I tried to stick to people back then that were looking for their forever homes. I tried to steer first time buyers away from, you know, getting rid of all their cash and and making these crazy offers, even though they may they they may have been able to but those stepping stone homes were the worst possible investment at that time.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, and that's why, again, it just goes to show why markets like this can be tough on first time home buyers. Cause even if you do get in and beat out all the competition, where do you stand? You're you're in a place where you likely overpaid for your home and you've got some, you've got some more dues to pay.
0: Yep. Yep. And you know, it's, it, they they do have that nice low payment that they can look at every month and that's right. great so they may be able to stuff away money and and save up to to eventually buy that next house but the reality is you want to be in a situation where your money's working for you more than you're working for your money right. and buying when the when prices are depressed a little bit and I know it doesn't feel like they are but they they are quite a bit depressed from where they were at their their very peak and letting your home appreciate as it should normal appreciation is you know two to five percent uh, annually and and we're it looks like we're going to be on track to to maintain that for the next five or six years um, until the next thing happens who knows but buying now is better for your future than buying two years ago
1: was oh yeah absolutely absolutely and i mean there was a lot of people saying like oh the The appreciation is just not sustainable. These houses are not going to continue to appreciate at this level. And they were right, because there had to be a correction. And we saw that correction. It's definitely not a crash. It was just so that the market could return to a place where it wasn't as crazy. But what it does is it gears back up so that the same thing can happen. We we saw the correction. And anybody that knows stocks or trades or, or does anything along those lines knows the phrase, buy the dip. Because what it is, is the dip sets up the whole transgression to where the prices can again increase and there's going to be more demand that goes into the market, which drives the prices back up. So although people were looking at that correction of, you know, let's say 12 to 15 percent, maybe they think, oh, that's the telltale sign that the market's crashing. It might not be the best time. That's really just an adjustment so that the new wave of appreciation can happen.
0: Exactly. And and typically what we've seen in the in the past, like what we had in between 2008 and 2012 was that crash fueled by the amount of inventory that happened um, Mm -hmm. that that came onto the market because there were so many foreclosures. Whereas this particular correction was completely based on affordability. Mm -hmm. Um, Rates skyrocketed very, very quickly and brought affordability down. But that also pushed inventory down alongside it so as long as we're struggling for inventory because make no mistake there are still more buyers right now than there are sellers we're still seeing on really nice houses in really good neighborhoods you know five six seven offers Um, there's less competition for less desirable homes it kind of is you know a graph Um, but we're not seeing that you know the really really crappy house on the really, really crappy street going, you know, getting 25 offers because money was so cheap. So that inventory being low is kind of maintaining prices from dropping any further right. um, because there is still a little bit of competition out there. Not, you know, like I said, not nearly what there was, but that slight amount of competition is just maintaining prices.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. that I could see that where it's holding the bottom in a sense where, you can't justify, you know, a decrease in price while there's still so many active buyers in the market that are willing yeah. to come in and buy. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah,
0: I think uh, that that pretty much covers that. I know you had mentioned before that you're kind of seeing an uptick. Uh, you've been busier lately. What's that looking like?
1: Yeah, just a lot more people applying because they know the writing is on the wall for the lower rates. I mean, people that keep up with the news, with the economy know that. The Fed has kind of put a pause on uh, the the rate hikes, which usually is a good signal that they're going to start to fall slowly because they've been very aggressive for the last several months. So yeah. any news of that slowing down is obviously going to perk some buyers ears up and say, hey, you know, there's a window of opportunity here that I can get in on. And of course, mortgage lenders that are proactive in sending that message out to so their people are kind of spreading that news as well. Um so there's been a lot of you know buyer demand coming in, a lot of applications that are coming in now. Um, there's been some some uh, new programs that have been released um, that kind of incentivize first time home buyers to get into the market. Um, there's a really good one actually by Rocket Mortgage where they don't where borrowers don't have to pay any mortgage insurance. I can tell you guys about that at a later time too. Um, okay. But there's just been, you know, subtle hints and messages that are, you know, relating to the economy that are starting to trigger those buyers to start to pour back into the market. And what happens with that is we start to see the competition start to come in more and more. And that's only going to continue as the news about these rates gets out and as they continue to come down. There'll be, you know, a, a slight time delay, maybe like a month or two before you start to really see the impact of those rates come down to where they're in those low sixes, high fives range. And that's when people are going to really start pulling the trigger. Um, yeah. But the word is starting to get out, man. So uh, yeah. we're, we're going to start to see that trend continuing going forward.
0: Yeah. So if you guys listening out there are taking anything away from this conversation, um, the timing, if you're trying to time the market, kind of now is the time to to jump in um, and start looking at the very least. Start getting that pre-approval done. Start getting all your paperwork in uh, and be ready to pounce when, when things do break in the direction that you want them to be. And when you find that home that you want to buy.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The window of opportunity is there and who knows how long it's going to be around, but I wouldn't bank on it being here for too long before it starts getting crazy. So if you can do it, try to make it happen.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. And if you don't think you can do it, Talk to Anthony. Talk to me, and uh, we'll find out if you actually can. A lot of a lot of folks. I don't know how many first-time buyers I've had in the past who were like, "Oh, I'm I'm years away." You know, I got so many things to take care of, and I put them in touch with a good lender. And three months later, I'm handing them their keys because they were way closer than they thought they were.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I deal with so many people like that as well. I mean, they have everything they need. Maybe they're just missing one piece or two pieces. You know, a lot of times it's people that. Have good employment, you know they make decent money. Maybe they just don't have, you know, the cash to close there. Okay, that's when if you have good credit scores, get you a good uh, first-time homebuyer program or a down payment assistance program. You're in there, or maybe it's a situation where you know they have good income, they have the money, but their credit is not good. Uh, oftentimes, like a lot of lenders, I do this for a lot of my clients, is where we can run credit simulators and let them know. Give them a, you know, a, a one month pathway to get the score up. Or sometimes you can do it even faster, depending on if the borrower is motivated, you can get your scores up. I mean, I've helped people get their scores up within two weeks time. And then oh, before yeah. you know it, they're out there shopping or exactly. whether that helps them qualify for more programs. There's just a lot of options out there and yeah. lenders that know their stuff that can get creative. They can take you from a place where you're not hopeful at all to where now you're writing offers and, and yeah. having a shot at, at owning a home.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Talk to people, guys. Talk to experts. Uh, this is this is what we do every single day. Um, you know, it, it's what we, you know, eat and breathe and sleep. That's all we want to do is get those keys in your hands. And uh, if there's a way, we will find it for you. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right, Anthony. Well, I appreciate you stopping by once again. It's always great having conversations with you. You're super knowledgeable and uh, appreciate you getting all this info out to our audience out there.
1: Oh yeah, I appreciate you having me, brother. I always look forward to it. I'm I'm always down to do more. Let's uh let's lace the people up with some game and let them know cuz uh you know, this is knowledge that everybody should have. If you're thinking about owning real estate, which you should, definitely check out the podcast. I think that Jason is also super knowledgeable. He knows how to help these people, he knows how to get you to either buy or sell whatever you're looking to do. Hit him up because he knows this stuff. Trustworthy guy. You want to work with somebody like that. So you know, keep us in mind as you are going forward.
0: Right on, man. I appreciate you, man. For sure. All right. Take care. Yeah. All right. Thank you again, Anthony Booker of LaSalle Mortgage. That was a fantastic conversation. I hope you guys got as much out of it as I did. Uh, Anthony is a fantastic lender. He's always so insightful. Um, he has great ideas. He's a very creative lender. And I hope that anyone out there looking for someone to work with uh, gives him a shot. He's he's fantastic. Uh, very, very easy to deal with. Very communicative, um, tells it like it is, very straightforward, and not salesy, which is my favorite thing because I'm not a salesy realtor. Uh, Once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you made it this far, it's very, very much appreciated. Every single listen helps to get this into the hands of more people. So, yeah, you are appreciated. And once again, if you're not following already, my direct handle on TikTok and Instagram is at realtor underscore j that's at realtor underscore jay and the podcast handle is at hella homes pod all one word thank you so much again for stopping by i hope you're having a fantastic day and we'll see you again soon